And the Oscar goes to. And the Oscar goes to. Please be kind, especially when we don't know what's going on. So what I got? Movies are dreams that you never forget. Well, hey there. My name is Russ Matthews, and this is my friend Laura Bennett from Hope Hope 103.2. And we are here with The Watch List. The Watch List is where we look forward, we look back, and we look side to side at all things about film and faith. It's a kind of a movie podcast with a twist, mm-hmm. as it were. We, we not just talk about the latest offerings in cinemas and streaming, but we also kind of look at themes of kind of what is going on in all of that's going on in cinema. Today, we're going to be talking about games people play. Yes. Games people play, because we got a full agenda. There's like tons of movies yep. that we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to be talking about Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, uh-huh. the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yep. Tetris. Yep. And Air. I can't believe all these go together. Yeah. And we'll probably do more of a focus on Air because there is just so much to say about this movie. But then it just seems like this is the moment where games, gamers are getting their time to shine or maybe not shine in some instances. In the cinema at the moment. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see. But I've got to, I've got, I I don't know, I've got to stop for a minute and just ask you. Yes. I'm kind of curious. Are you a gamer? Were you, I mean, were you a gamer growing up? Or were wow. you doing the Mario Kart and all I that sort of stuff? I feel like this is a challenging question because the obvious answer is not really. Not really. I was more of a, I wasn't allowed Nintendo and PlayStation growing oh, wow. up. Okay. Because that was just going to be a dangerous, you know, rabbit hole to fall down as a child was mm-hmm. was, was how it was viewed. But it then I had my, dancing or something. Right? right? But then exactly. I had my cool friends who had the Nintendo 64. So I would really want to go to their house a lot. And so I would play <laughs> Nintendo 64 at their place. I did a little bit of PlayStation at my other cool friend's house. Right. And then eventually was like e- Xboxing a little bit. But then I didn't really. I didn't really like get into it much beyond that. Sure. So, and then the Nintendo Wii came out all those years later. And then as an adult, I'm there on my Nintendo Wii, which lasted for a little while. I have no idea where it is now. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Yeah. 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 I I was, I was, I'm going to, it's confession time. Yes. And I don't want to disappoint anybody out there. We don't want to lose listeners because of it. It might cause cause a bit of controversy. I've never played Mario Brothers ever. (gasps) I know. I know. It's crazy. Sorry. I know. But I was actually more of the kid that was out. Actually, we were talking about air and talking about Mm. these other ones who was out playing sport and things like that. And so I didn't play a lot of that but my grandson and my son love all of these games and so I think that this is going to be a fun one for us to be able to kind of talk about here yeah a little bit of nostalgia in the mix that's right so so the first one though we're going to be kind of looking forward to and looking at one of the first ones off the ranks is Dungeons and Dragons Mm -hmm. Dungeons and Dragons the honor among thieves so I'm kind of curious did you ever play Dungeons and Dragons it's been but it was like these. This is the thing. Like I feel like I don't want all the answers to be no. I have no idea about the subjects we're talking about today because that's just terrible. But I think it's because I was very much raised in the environment where a lot of these games, and particularly when these were coming out, when a lot of people were getting into them, sure, they weren't. I wasn't the the demographic they were targeting. They were sure. a little bit too mature for me. And it was I had I definitely grew up in the environment that said like do not engage with that dark stuff, like dark quote unquote stuff. quote unquote dark stuff, dark you know. So I would have like the naughty friends who were playing Dungeons and Dragons and Assassin's Creed and like all of that kind of a thing. And then I was trying not to get in trouble. And so I didn't play it. (laughs) I don't know. I I definitely agree with you because I kind of grew up in that era when everybody was kind of playing it, but down in the basement somewhere, you know. But yet 
did you don't you feel like like Lord of the Rings and all that kind of legitimized yeah. well, this? All of a sudden, brought the fantasy world back out and kind of made it normal. And interesting, people. you bring that up because I remember in like year five or six, one of my teachers giving me the Hobbit, giving me Lord of the Rings to the to read because right. they're like, I feel like you could get through this. You know, they saw this fat book and thought you might be able to give that a go. And then I thought, <laughs> hang on a minute, why am I being encouraged to read like sci-fi <laughs> but not being allowed to play the video game side of things as yeah. well? Which is kind of bizarre. It is kind so, of so you know. Uh, you know, Tolkien always kind of legitimizes things, and then yes. it kind of brings it out. Yeah. But it, that's one of the things I love about this film is actually Dungeons and Dragons. They've really tried to do Dungeons and Dragons in the past, but yeah. unfortunately, it's failed. It's fell over. Most people just didn't get it. Yeah. And so I felt like Lord of the Rings and those sort of films have really brought the fantasy world back into kind of legitimacy in certain ways. Yeah. And this one, I think, what they've really done with this, because so, what it is, is it's a it's a band of thieves. It's led by Chris Pine, which is you know super uber cool um, in his kind of leading of these thieves kind of through this fantasy world where they're trying to get and get back to and find this I don't know, this is crystal that they're looking mm. for, of course, that's owned by the Red Wizard of Ty. And so it is a fascinating one, but the thing I love about it is they don't take it too seriously and it's funny mm. and it's engaging and I almost kind of almost am wanting by the end not to spoil it because it doesn't happen but this kind of Jumanji thing where all of a sudden all these guys are actually in a basement somewhere playing this game yeah. and that's who they are because you almost want to see Chris Pine actually you know throwing the dice you know mm -hmm. throwing it down there but it is really a lot of fun because it's funny it's engaging it finally kind of gets us back to just good Saturday matinee kind of fun where you want to sit down have some popcorn and enjoy some good entertainment so for the people like my parents when I was a kid who think this is going to be dark <laughs> this is going to be too much don't let your children watch it you feel like it is not quite as intense as they might think oh no it's not I mean it's definitely not as intense I mean it's not to the degree where there's so much violence most of the violence is kind of more animated or not animated but more of the kind of fantasy violence that yeah, you see okay. you're not going to necessarily see people's heads cut off or anything but it, it definitely has magic it definitely has that element so you definitely want to make sure for those who may be kind of push against that a little bit. This may not be the film for you, but I still think that it is really a fun and engaging one. It may not get people out playing Dungeons and Dragons, but mm. it definitely will get people pulled into this world. And I hope that they actually they make another one. And weirdly, it seems like it's been a fairly quiet release. Like it's got a really big cast. It's got it like great, great, a great ensemble in it, but I feel like it hasn't been spoken about or has had quite as much or been quite as visible as some of the other releases right now. So everything I'm hearing from people is that they really like it they really enjoy it it's really strong but then no one kind of knows it's out no. at the same time well and it's tough it, when you're coming up against say john wick and super mario brothers and these big brands these big labels yeah and even though dungeons and dragons has been around since the early 70s uh, and there should be a fan base for it but there's really not because i think they've been burned by past dungeons yeah. and dragons films and so this one maybe not uh there may not be as much interest but they should because this one you don't even have to really be a fan mm. of dungeons and dragons to actually enjoy this because i found myself just belly laughing mm. at so much of these characters and what they were actually doing and again kind of going back to last week Hugh Grant He's great in this movie too. <laughs> you know what I would actually love to see a follow-up to? Because you want to follow up to that. I want to follow up to Prince of Persia. Oh, there with, you go. With Jake Gyllenhaal. Like why was there never a follow-up to that? 
Yeah, it, well, unfortunately, because the the film bombed. <laughs> it was it was really a good film, See, and also was. I love Jake Gyllenhaal pretty much in everything that he does. Um, and it was a, definitely another one for gamers that they yeah. go out and enjoy. But unfortunately, it just did not do the bank that I they needed know. for it to do. So yeah. like, let's let's get like some kind of you know fan petition happening to see that <laughs> come back because right. I want more of that story. It was really yeah, fun. Or maybe they just you know bring in they can kind of merge these two worlds or something like yeah. that. I don't know. It'd be just fascinating. Do it to be for the people. See. You know. Be fun. Yeah. yeah. Be great. What did you think? Of Super Mario Brothers, though. Okay, so Super you Mario Brothers. Okay, yeah, we're you're ready to talk about this. You're ready to talk about Super Mario Brothers. It's coming out. It's definitely it's one that is definitely for the fans. I mean, mm. if you love Super Mario Brothers and you know everything and you played these games for years, it's definitely for you because it's about kind of goes back to kind of the beginning uh, when the the Luigi and Mario are are starting. They even kind of explain how they keep crisp. Pratt's accent and everything like that yep. throughout the film. Um, and so kind of going back and you see Bowser and you see all, you know, Princess Peach mm-hmm. and all those. And they're going through and they're trying to save this world from Bowser taking over and destroying all of the different lands that there are, including the Donkey Kong um, world that there is. And the problem is, is for someone who has never played the game, I didn't understand what was going on half the time. Yeah, that was the only thing. I, I really feel like this is for fans mm. And I'm not even sure the fans will love it. I mean, because I was kind of wanting the Lego movie right. with Super Mario Brothers. Because, I mean, especially with Chris Pratt. Mm. But it didn't have the humor. It took itself a little too seriously. Um, it didn't have the song, I won't put it in your mind, you know, but it is awesome. Yes. And so, awesome. you know, so as far as us being able to kind of look at it, I wanted that. But it was really... Truly a fan-based movie, I thought. Which, I don't know, what are, your, what are your thoughts? Well, I kind of see it similarly because what they did is they, they introduce you to Mario and Luigi, they set up how they've become plumbers and they give them a little bit of a backstory and you kind of see them going into the world of Nintendo as the fans know it. So we right. get to see the different courses and kind of things that you can go, oh my gosh, I used to play that. Oh, right. hey, there's Donkey Kong's world. And so there is that nostalgic connection. But the weird thing was... For me, the most fun thing about Nintendo is playing it, is getting right. to have the controls and, you know, do the do the adventure yourself and really be amongst it. Whereas the weird thing watching Super Mario Brothers is that you're not playing it. So right. the the fun the fun for me wasn't there. Cause like you, I think one of the challenges for the movie is that people are going to be straight in, straight away thinking of the Lego movie, which has done well. There's been multiple, you know, releases for them sure. with that. I think of Wreck It Ralph, like oh, these other kind love of that one animated gaming worlds and then when you put in uh, Super Mario Brothers in there like yes it has the visuals that you love from the game oh it looks great but it doesn't have the characters to engage with in the same way like there's some there's kind of a disconnect cuz it's like you're watching a video game play out in front of you without getting to participate in it. And it's not like watching e-games or e-sport where you're actually like cheering someone on in real time. It's like you're just kind of seeing it on screen and you're like, "Well, cool. Like what does this mean to me?" And like you said, what they did with Chris Pratt's involvement in this story, in this what they would hope would be a franchise, but I don't know that it's going to be, they kind of set him up as this like Brooklyn plumber right. who leans into what seems like his Italian heritage at times for his company, for his ads, for a bit of character. But really he's just like a guy trying to help the people and Princess Peach in this pretend world and then tap into some of the iconic visuals that you will have known from the game. Right. There's not really, I, I kind of found myself going, what was the point of making this? I don't 
I don't get it. Yeah, and it was it's unfortunate because I really thought that, oh, okay, because especially the other thing, because we talked a bit about this last episode, is that I don't find that there's a lot of films out there for families. And I thought, yeah. oh, this is it. This will be the one for families, especially during the holiday season. But what I loved about, and again, I apologize for always having to go back to the Lego movie, but I loved about that film was that the parents probably enjoyed it as much, if not more, than even the children. Yeah. And the children would get into it, and of course they'd want to go out and buy Lego, I mean, because mm -hmm. these are all just big ads. But but with Super Mario Brothers, I'm going, I have a feeling most parents are going to go, what's going on? And some of know. the particular parts of the story were really strange. Like, again, not to, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but like there's a dynamic between Bowser and Princess Peach that seems really <laughs> weird and kind of dated, and like there's good bits in it in terms of, Princess Peach's character and the example she can be for the younger, uh, like, female audience sure. who are going to watch this. There's some strengths there. But then there's some bits that were like, I don't understand why they've made this creative choice because it just feels kind of clunky. And then also there's some characters in there too. Like when you think of is this going to be for families or for kids to watch, there's some very, like, melancholic, sad, almost really depressing, dark kind of moments. And I wasn't sure why they tried to go in that direction. Like what's the point of having these drag you down moments in an right. otherwise bright story? But then, yes, we've kind of, we've spoken about some of the bad bits of this sure. movie, but the one win for me, the one thing that I really liked yep. was the brother, the relationship yes. between the brothers, Luigi and Mario. That to me was the real redeeming quality of this movie because it's like something so sweet to see these two brothers who are like, we, we're going to be okay if we're in things together. And so it's this idea that, you know, their brotherly bond mm. is the thing that makes each of them strong and that they go through life, you know, kind of protecting and guarding this connection the two of them have as they do everything else. And I really like that. Like I imagined two little brothers, like I've got friends with two little boys and I just could see them going, yes, this is the movie they could watch as brothers exactly. together and it's like their shared adventure. But beyond that, there just wasn't a lot of strong points about this movie. No, it I mean, and I think that that should be said that it is it is pretty good option for families to be able to go out if you want to over the holiday season be able to go out and enjoy some time together, especially if you all enjoy playing Super Mario yeah. Brothers. I think this is definitely one for you that's it's pretty safe if that's a good way of putting it um, and enjoyable on that front. But I think overall as a film, it wasn't quite didn't quite live up to the expectation that I think no. I was going for. It's largely inconsequential, right? Is the thing. Yeah. So I mm, I don't I assume they would want to be able to make more out of this movie, like have a follow-up, but I don't know if they're going to get there. But I'm we'll see. Sure. We might be wrong. Maybe everyone's going to love it and watch it and, like, the kid yeah. audience will take over. Well, and if you go see it, put it in the comments down below. You know, definitely make sure you're commenting on whether or not, if you yeah. if you loved it, um, definitely tell us why. I would love to be able to know because okay, we definitely understand that some people will probably love this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. That'd be great. So anyway, All right, so the next one, next gaming. Mm. And, and this is one, I don't know, I'll be curious. I, I did play Tetris. Um, Tetris was one of those things that came out in the 80s. You yeah. know, all of a sudden everybody, and, and why it's strangely addictive. I, I find that fascinating that just these little boxes that mm -hmm. they kind of move down and everything. But then that they make a movie about its creation. Yeah, explain this, explain this. Because I feel like, again, Tetris is one of those movies that may have fallen under the radar for a lot of people. Right. So Tetris is actually, it's the way they kind of explain it, it's based on fours. So four boxes and then tennis. And so it's kind of this game and it was created in Russia um, and back during when it was still the Soviet Union and they could not profit from it. And so the government actually licensed the game. But then this guy, and you got, I got to love this name, and this is a real name. His name is Hank Rogers. 
Hank mm-hmm. Rogers. I mean, he sounds like a movie character. And he is an entrepreneur. He actually grew up in, uh, he's Dutch, but then grew up in America, but then married um, a Japanese woman. Mm-hmm. So lived in, in um, Japan and has a software company and finds this game. Tetris and gets the rights to it, but then realizes that he has to actually kind of negotiate with the Russian government during wow. the Soviet Soviet occupation or Soviet Union mm-hmm. time at Gorbachev and all that. Have to kind of go through and go through this becomes this espionage story. Mm-hmm. So it's like this fascinating thing where you're all of a sudden going, Oh my goodness, it's Nintendo's version of James Bond. I mean, it yeah. was like fascinating even the history of it what all happens with it and on top top of it um taryn edgerton was great i mean he just was great in this role it's wild to think that all of that is the history behind a game that we just like and then like putting little bricks together hoping that it fits and getting really frustrated when it doesn't you know and yet there's all this like politics in the background all this politics all these things that happen i mean i find it fascinating i think that's one of the things that stands out with me because we'll talk about it more with air also is with these entrepreneurial stories is the whole idea of persevering. Yeah. Because that's really what happens. I mean, they just persevere. They just keep going forward. They risk it all. I can understand maybe for somebody as a person of faith, you know, kind of putting it all out there for my faith and being willing to do anything, risk it all for my faith, you know, seeing perseverance. I mean, it's fruit of the spirit, as we can see in the Bible. But yet with these guys, they're doing it for a game. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they're doing it for, you know, maybe a business idea or concept, Mm. but yet they're doing it. They're just throwing themselves out there. Now, granted, they do a lot of dramatic elements they add to this film to kind of make it a little bit more exciting. But it was fascinating seeing this guy persevere mm. and why now we can still play Tetris yeah. on our, you know, all of our devices. You still see people doing it on a regular basis. It's still considered the number one game played. I think Minecraft was just taken over as the top game played of all time. And so Tetris is still up there. So we get to play with these four little boxes mm-hmm. falling down the wall. But I think it's one of those things, like when you talk about perseverance, like of, often I think we think that perseverance can only be related to these really like high mind elevated pursuits we think it has to be about something that seems grand and maybe the design of a simple game doesn't seem grand but perhaps you know we I don't necessarily know what these guys were thinking when they designed and created it but I think too there's something that says like I'm going to persevere with this idea because on the one hand sure there may be a really practical like money-making opportunity off of it that an entrepreneur is going to be thinking about but I think it's okay for perseverance to be attached to fun, like be attached to things that are about creating positive downtime, creating a bit of competition and community and all of these sorts of things. Like perseverance doesn't always have to be about winning the race and somehow getting some award. It can just be about like following through on on an idea that you have that you know is going to just bring someone a little bit of joy and connect with them in that way, right? Like it doesn't have to be so kind of deep and wild when we apply these principles right. to our lives. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, because when it was originally created, it actually was the number one game in Russia because there were no other games in Russia. Mm. <laughs> and and it literally was like parentheses on the screen I mean, compared to yeah. what our, our graphics are now. But it was shared across the networks of all the offices in Russia wow. at the time. And so it was, he really, the original maker of it, he just mm. made it because he enjoyed making it. Yeah, and the concept and he of made play. It fun. Yeah, yeah, it was like the concept of play, right? Like right. I think like in 
in childhood, we prioritise play quite a lot. And it's also something that can be kind of unique to Western cultures as well, that children like have these games and that they have this idea of even a childhood, right? Like that is something that's not the same across all cultures. Sure. So creating play, creating things that inspire our mind or challenge our mind in these different creative ways, it's really cool to see the intentionality that went into designing something like that. Oh, it is. And actually, I think that's why these movies are made, because they are, they really show something about the human and spirit that we can tap into and not that everyone has success when they persevere you know yeah. I mean, they, there are a lot of times when people do fail but act, those things actually allow us to actually grow and if you can see with all of these stories that they grow they develop and they and they become something really special and mm. so uh, it's it's a brilliant film if you have an opportunity it's streaming on apple so that's where you'd be able to catch it if you're able to see it and so just so you're aware you'll be able to see tetris there Cool. So let's talk about Air because this is the one. <laughs> this is the big movie of this last couple of weeks. That's that, right. My goodness, it is really cool. Well, tell me, tell me about it. What, what is so, the story? This is the story of the creation of the Air Jordan shoe, which right. is one of the top selling, if not the top selling piece oh, yeah. of sports merchandise in the world. And obviously Michael Jordan, greatest basketball player of all time, if yep. not greatest athlete as well. I think he still holds so many records when it comes to his achievements in his sporting career. But what this takes us, what the movie Air takes us into is the Nike offices when they, it wasn't the brand that we know it to be today. Nope. It was not, you know, at the top of the kind of group of all of these different sporting brands. And there are two of the minds that work. They're thinking, how do we take this brand that no one really cares about, that the greatest athletes aren't really associating with, and elevate it? It's right. like we, we need to we need to get a contract with a sports star that we can, you know, attach our brand to. We need to sh change the image of Nike against others like Puma and Adidas and all the rest of them. And so it's kind of it, it at its at its core. It is the story of a shoe. That's right. Which is hilarious because you think, why am I going to watch this movie? But then like you were mentioning earlier, it's also the story of entrepreneurs who persevere right. and the conversation that we seem to continually have around sports stars and greatness and branding and why we seem to somehow want to put those two worlds together of like marketing and sportsmanship. Oh, it's it's fascinating. I mean, it's hard to even think of for those of us who have been in who have, who bought shoes. You're all sitting there what, looking at all the different brands you wear on your feet. Nike only owned 17 percent of the the basketball market at that time. They were known as kind of the junk shoe. No, mm -hmm. everybody thought it was Converse and Adidas, right? Those yeah. were the two big ones, and so that everybody wanted those shoes, but nobody wanted Nike. And so then for them, for Sonny Vicario, who was the kind of really kind of pushed this whole thing to see something in Michael Jordan and then building a shoe around him and then really creating what they considered at the time one of the greatest basketball shoes of all time. Yeah. It was compelling. And I just love these guys. And then on top of it, you know, I, I thought, you know, Ben Affleck, who directs this film and has also plays Phil Knight, the, the CEO. The shoe dog. The, the shoe dog um, of uh, Nike. So he's the CEO of Nike. But then Sonny Vicario, who's played by Matt Damon. These guys are mates. Everybody knows they're good friends. They won an Academy Award together for Goodwill Hunting. But they really haven't done too many films together. Mm. They are great on screen together. Yeah. It's just there's a kind of an un unexplainable element of just how they just work well. And so they just drive this story home even better mm. for me. And we've spoken before about that need that we have right now for just good 
movies. Like people, right. we've become so accustomed to, you know, sort of the Netflix style movie, which is not necessarily bad. Like I'm not dissing Netflix movies or, or you know, made for streaming type movies, but watching Air, it was like, I I forgot what I had been missing. Mm. Like this kind of movie that combines a really, like a really good script, really cleverly told story with great acting. Again, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and the others in the cast, Chris Tucker, Viola, Viola Davis. Davis. They they are amazing. And it was one of those moments where I thought this is the kind of quality story, quality movie, quality sort of creativity that we just kind of miss in this like churn, churn, churn right. entertainment space. And there's, there's a skill like to the, to the comedy and the way they deliver lines and the way they create characters that have these goals. And, you know, like um, for Sonny Vicario, like you said, he, he has a lot of pressure on him to get an outcome or his job's on the line, right? Pretty like much. if he does not get this contract with Michael Jordan, that's it for him. And so it's like they take these sort of things and then blend it with this humor and blend it with this like impeccable timing in the way they use the script to create a movie that is so much fun, but it's also really deeply meaningful. And it leaves you, you know, thinking about these people that on the one hand are just athletes and celebrities, but they all have backstories. And then you've got the fun again of this movie in taking us back to the 80s and really clearly (laughs) painting a picture of this era. They nailed the 80s. I mean, okay, I grew up, I mean, I I was in high school at that time. I'm I'm dating myself, I get it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, so I totally remember this. And I remember that era. I mean, I was a runner, so Nike was was the thing for runners, but not necessarily for basketball players. So this was amazing. But what I find, and I agree with everything you're saying as far as great storytelling, is the fact that you can tell a story about Michael Jordan and then not have him in the movie. Yeah, this is He wasn't did. in the movie. His back was in the movie a couple times, and that yeah. was it. That, that shows you the brilliance of this, this story mm. and also what they've really been able to do with it. And so I really want to encourage people because I think you need to go out and see this film. I and mean, it was just amazing. I think part of the reason maybe that they did that was because they were making sure, like, because Michael Jordan in any room that he occupied, and I think even still now this would be the case, he would just, like, consume, you know, the air in that room, not in a negative way, but it's like if you're in a room with Michael Jordan, your attention's on him. Like, you're not going to be looking at anyone else. (laughs) Whereas this story wasn't sort of about him in the sense that, yes, he's the central kind of player, but he's not who the story is trying to look at. It's trying to look at the environment around him, the way people responded to him, the role of his mother that was so significant, and even that conversation of how, with sports people especially, we are so enamored by greatness, wanting greatness, wanting to elevate people to these platforms. And one of the key moments of the movie actually comes from a speech oh. that Sonny makes when he's trying to pitch to Jordan's family Brilliant. about why they should sign with Nike and also the way that, yeah, this is all going to be exciting. Yes, you're going to make millions and millions of dollars and everything like that, but it's also like, hang on a minute, remember, you're also going to be elevated in the world's eyes into this icon status and you're going to have to deal with the consequences of that and the fact that just as people build you up, they're also going to be part of tearing you down and what are you going to do on the downward slope of this iconic career? Yeah, so I think I think that it really stood out to me, especially somebody coming from a, a Christian position, what you're really building your foundations on. I mean, the guy is making still $400 million a year 
for those shoes. Passive income. Passive income. He doesn't have to do anything. He just wakes up in the morning <laughs> and it's in his bank account. You yep. know, it's amazing. But yet, you know, you know also it's been well documented, all the different failings and different issues that have gone on in his life, you mm. know, and there's probably a lot that maybe we don't know about. But yet for me, you know, it kind of helped me to relate to that regardless of what status or what place you can have, building our foundation on something. And so for mm. me to be able to know that we can, we have a firm foundation that is Jesus Christ, that we are able to have that, just really kind of helps us. I don't have to build it on a brand of a shoe. Yeah. I don't have to rely on how much money I'm making. What I'm doing is I'm able to have a firm foundation of the God who created this world, and he knows me mm. and and you, and that we'd be able to be able to build our foundation upon that is just an amazing thing. And to have, a, I think, an entertainment space that gives you the space to think about that and go, hey, what am I building my life on? Why do I see greatness as important? What do I actually define greatness as that ties that to a significant historical story yeah. that really was groundbreaking? Like this, we, f- we forget in the era now that we live in where it is so normal to see celebrities attached to brands and to see brands define themselves around a celebrity identity. It didn't happen like that and in the way that it does now until this particular Nike deal was made. Like this was groundbreaking from a branding marketing perspective. Other people weren't doing it in this same right. way to this extent. Like, yes, other deals existed, but this one was unlike any other. And that's had real ramifications on the sporting industry. It's huge. Beyond, you know, just this one team, this one player. So, yeah. I mean, we could talk about air for ages because there was so much that we loved about it. It and I don't want to overhype it, no. but I do think so far this year it would be it would be the best movie of the year so far for sure. Hands down, it was definitely it's my favorite film so far this year. It'll be I'm I, that excites me because I think that there could be others that are going to yeah. be good coming, but this was just a phenomenal film and definitely one worthwhile getting out. Now just to, just so our audience knows, it does have some um, the mature language in it as far as that's so it just as awareness mm-hmm. so there is some mature content. So this I wouldn't necessarily say this is for little kids, but it's definitely one that's worthwhile engaging and with. we haven't even spoken about jason bateman so there is so <laughs> there is so much go. more you could talk about because he was go. brilliant as well yeah well hey uh, oh, we're at the end we've kind of come we're the closing of the curtain as yeah. it were but uh we're in couple, power down mode power that, down mode but uh, yeah the, the so, gaming uh, but i'm curious about something mm. we we've just kind of started this whole journey with the watch list yes but can people subscribe to this podcast somewhere? Funny you ask that, Russell. <laughs> of course you can subscribe. So you can find the watch list wherever you listen to your podcast. You're clearly listening to it now somewhere, so thank somewhere. you. Um, subscribe wherever you're listening. You can also watch video versions of That's the podcast right. uh, on the Hope 103.2 YouTube channel. Right. So make sure you check that out as well. And, of course, rate it, review it, share it with a friend, help us get the word out, and enjoy. Yeah, enjoy it. I mean, because along with – because also you have undecided that you also have is another podcast that undistracted. you kind of do. Undistracted. Oh yeah. my goodness, I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, so Undistracted, of course. Undistracted um, in regards to another podcast that'd be really worthwhile because yeah. you actually talk on a lot of these subject matters on that that we've just talked about during the watch list. Yeah, if you want to talk about the kind of deeper sides of life in a way, how do we live our lives around our passions, around our purpose? How do we deal with the things that distract us, that get in the way? Undistracted. I chat with a whole bunch of different guests about how they've been able to get to where they have in life, uh, and also, you know, just be inspired by people that are doing really cool, great things. That's right. So subscribe, not only to Undistracted, but also to the watch list. And we'll just kind of, we'll do the whole Nike thing. Just do it. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, to make sure that we're just doing it. And uh, so, but uh, the curtain's going to have to close on this episode. We yes. kind of come to the end. And so, again, this is Russ Matthews with Real Dialogue. That's R-E-L-L-Dialogue.com and, and Laura Bennett at Hope 103.2. We look forward to spending time with you again soon. And hopefully we'll be able to grab some popcorn, take a seat, and enjoy the next episode of The Watch List. Watch me.